2: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be hanging out with you in studios every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I appreciate everybody out there that is doing the best that they could do, doing right by others, and having themselves a great life. It is not easy, I understand, to get out there and be happy and Put a smile on your face even when you're feeling sad and even when people are hurting your feelings and hurting your heart. And, you know, I know it's not easy when you want things to get done and they don't get done. And, and people say they're going to be there and they're not there or something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. I get that. But you know, we all go through this stuff together. We all have these moments together and it's not easy. But it is worth it. It is always worth the fight. And so I appreciate every single one of you that's out there fighting your butts off, giving all you can, being the best you can be, having the fun that you can have, and making the most out of the life you got, because that's what it's all about. So happy Tuesday, happy every day to each and every single one of you. I hope that you have the best, the best day that you could possibly have. So with that being said, let's hop into the morning menu because we got a lot to discuss today.
3: Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora.
2: Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call DT.com, your one stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Call DT. We're here to have some fun every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Hopefully, spread some knowledge, spread some wisdom, and ultimately have some good conversation. Laugh, maybe cry some happy tears. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? What did Jim Valvano say? If you think, laugh, and cry in a day, you had one hell of a day in a good way. So let's have the best day that we could possibly have. I hope that your day is already starting out awesome. And uh, once again, I want to give a shout-out to Johnny, who had who came onto the show and faced a bet. You know, he, he put his money where his mouth is. You know, he he had bet that Golden State would not win Game 4. They did. He said, if they win, I will shave my chest. And he came on the air, and he did exactly that. He was a man of his word. And we are almost at 300 views this morning just on Facebook alone of him shaving his chest. We are just about to hit 300 views this morning on Facebook alone. Not on YouTube or my website or anywhere else. Just on Facebook alone. So shout out to you, Johnny, because your chest is now famous. So big ups to you for being a part of the show. And speaking of being a part of the show, on today's broadcast, we're going to be discussing a lot of different things. We have Eric Devendorf coming on in about 20 minutes from Bayheim's Army. So we're going to speak with Eric Devendorf about the upcoming Bayheim's Army season. We're also going to speak with him on the Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball team and the return of Tyus Battle. And then we'll go into the second hour where Christian Hood, who is a 2020 Recruit for Syracuse Football will be joining me. Christian Hood 2020 yet already has three offers, Arizona, Iowa State, and Syracuse have offered him, so he's going to be joining me on the broadcast and giving his take on his recruitment, and then of course every Tuesday we end the show with Ingredients to Success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing, so that'll be happening toward the end of today's show as well, so lot to discuss, lot to get into. For the first few minutes this morning, I want to give a shout out to the amazing, amazing, amazing response that we have gotten already of people that want to be in this wake up call fantasy football challenge. Our spots now, our draft is in August. We have already had Eric sign up, Melvin, we've had Justin, Al sign up, Zach, Mark W. Danny T, which is not me, another Danny, uh, Johnny, Jimmy, Aaron. Uh, we also have uh, Johnny's parents that signed up, so they wanna, they wanna, they wanna come at it. They wanna see what they could do. So we got, we got the Rents in the game. Uh, my wife Kate is making it happen. She won a championship within the last two years. She's back in. John Newman, who you know from Newman Sports Cards, his son Jordan, Justin T, Becky, Greg, and Steve have all signed up already. We have over 20 spots that are filled in this Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Bracket Challenge. So jump into it now, folks. We already have a ton of spots filled. This is June 19th, and so we got about two months or so until we draft, right around two months, and we've already filled 20-some-odd spots. So your time to get in is now. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. If you want to be in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, let a brother know because, like I said, we've had a humongous response from you, and that is amazing. It's a testament to the work that we do with the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. We have phenomenal live draft parties at... The Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, which is a family-friendly event, so you can bring your kids, you can bring your families, you can husband, wife, brother, sister, doesn't matter, everybody can come. So that's a huge part of the success, I believe, is because Danny and Heather do a phenomenal job at making a nice environment for everybody, and on top of that, we try to do a nice promotion for you with being in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge in connection with the Wildcat, And we have the Lombardi Trophy that we give out. We have a a smaller version, yet very heavy version of the Lombardi Trophy that has your name and and everything on it, the year that you won, the name of your team. So we're giving those out to the champions from last year during the draft parties, and we're giving away the Toilet Bowl Trophies as well, those Toilet Bowl Trophies, to last place, which are really funny and uh, pretty cool. So... Thank you to Penn and Trophy. So we do it right. We work with the Penn and Trophy Center of East Syracuse with the Wildcat Sports Pub of Camillus. And we put this big event together between them and Wake Up Call with Dan Satora to bring you the best of the best fantasy football fields that you can get. So make sure if you haven't signed up that you sign up to be in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge today. And do not hesitate. It is free to do it, folks. So waiting, kind of seeing what's going to happen, wondering if you should, you're probably going to get passed. So the time to sign up for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge is right now, and make sure that you do that if you haven't signed up yet. We want to get you in, and we want to get you ready for this thing. So sign up for the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge today. With that being said, and as we continue on the conversation on Wake Up Call before we get... Eric on onto the show, you know, big ups to Eric for all the work that he has done to get back onto the coaching staff. A couple of years ago, he came on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and he said, I'm really trying to get on the Syracuse staff. I got some things in the works. Don't be surprised if you see some of them within the next couple months. And sure enough, he was back on the staff, and now is the assistant strength and conditioning coach helping out that wonderful staff that is filled with great, great people, you know, Alan Griffin and, and Brad Pike and Kip Wellman and Jerry McNamara, of course, Jim Beheim, Adrian Autry, Katie Kalinske was on that staff recently. Just a, a beautiful, beautiful staff uh, of, of hardworking people that was put together for Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball. And so we're going to speak with Eric Devendorf on that. We're going to talk with him on some of his memories and, you know, things that he's taken away from his time when when he was on the court and whatnot. So we'll have some good conversation with Eric Devendorf as we always do. We'll get you ready for Bayheim's Army because they are going to be coming up and playing very soon here, and I know a lot of fans are super excited about what's to come with Bayheim's Army, and, uh, and you should be excited because it's going to be an awesome time, and they always go out there and bring it, and the cool thing about Bayheim's Army is – That they've only gotten better, and they've only surged forward and, and had the opportunity to progress last season and took that opportunity and brought it to the final four of the TBT. We're very close to winning the grand prize, and now they're at it again, this time with Hakeem Warwick. Brandon Trish is back. James Sutherland, Deshante Riley, who was on the show last week. Chris Joseph, Paul Harris, John Gillen. And Ryan Blackwell is the head coach, and of course, Kevin Belby's back as the general manager of this team. So we're going to have that discussion on Bayheim's Army in just a little bit. So very excited about this and excited about what's to come. The jerseys are only getting better. And that's the cool thing about it, is we we've we've gotten to see these TBT tournament jerseys get even. Even more stylish, even more legit. Puma is on these, and I mean they've they've been put together big time. So I'm actually going to put this on here and uh, and let you see it on on our Twitter account, which is at calldt. That's c a l l d t. So make sure if you're not following me there. With the over 2,100 of you that are, shout out to each and every one of you. Thank you for that. So. Make sure that you jump in on this on Twitter at CallDT, that's C-A-L-L-D-T. Happy to make the top three posts of the TBT this morning on Twitter. And I'm sending out to you what these jerseys look like this morning so that you can get a feel for what's to come and a feel for these jerseys for Bayheim's Army. Because I know there's a ton of Syracuse fans out there that are very, very excited and you know, you go out to these games. You make it a point to be there. I mean, the support of Syracuse is is astronomical. It's undeniably amazing, just what Syracuse does. And you know, to bring to bring everybody around this TBT like they do, it's it's it is. It's truly, it's beautiful. It's insane. You know, to see to see just how fans react to any opportunity that they have to see a current Syracuse player, a former Syracuse player, you know, it's it goes beyond. It goes beyond the call of duty. Syracuse fans love themselves some Syracuse, and however they can get it, wherever they can get it, they take it. And that's the beauty of this. Now, there's going to be... This rule called the Elam Ending, and I want to give you the information on this. There's going to be a new rule to the TBT. So, TBT to implement groundbreaking rule change, the Elam Ending, to be used in the games this year. Now, it's designed to eliminate deliberate fouling at the end of games and ensure that every game ends on a made basket. So, this is the rule change first implemented during TBT's play-in round in two thousand seventeen. So they tested it. Okay, so that's the other thing about the TBT is that you know college basketball could be watching this thing. Men's Division One, that big tournament of sixty-eight teams, could be watching this because this is a testing ground to see if things work. You know, and and they're willing to do it and willing to see what they can do in these instances. So maybe this is something that. The NCAA can look at because at least the TBT is trying it out. So last year, they implemented a rule during the play-in round in 2017 called the Elam Ending, designed by Mensa member and basketball superstar fan Dr. Nick Elam, which eliminates deliberate fouling at the end of games, ensuring that the final minutes are played at the same pace and flow as the rest of the game. Guarantees every game ends on a made basket. Under the rule at the first dead ball after the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter, the game clock shuts off. A target score is set by adding seven to the leading team's score. The first team to reach the target score wins. So, this is what was said by John Mooger, the founder and CEO of TBT. Quote, when we tested the Elam ending during our play-in games last year, we were floored by how much fans loved it. What Nick taught us is that deliberate fouling happens in 50% of games, but is only effective 1.5% of the time. So fans are having to put up with a strategy that sucks uptime and rarely works. Data aside, the energy in the arena during the Elam ending portion of our games is awesome, and those teams were seven wins away from $2 million. On August 3rd, at about 10.50 p.m., someone will have to make a shot for $2 million. I can't wait for that moment prior to last year, and end quote. So, Nick Elam blindly emailed TBT a 67-page document outlining his research, which came from examining more than 2,000 NBA and NCAA games. He found that half of those games ended with the trailing team employing a strategy of deliberately fouling, but that the strategy was only successful, once again, 1.5% of the time. So, TBT is now going to try out this rule and see what happens. So the first team to the target score will win. So once again, for those that are confused by what's going on here, essentially, a target score will be set by adding seven to the leading team score. The first team to reach the target score wins. So it's kind of like whatever the score is when 4 minutes hits toward the end of this thing it's it's that mad dash to score points. It's that mad dash to push forward to surge forward and to find a way. And they want to try and keep people from fouling. They want to try and keep you from slowing the game down, slowing the pace down and putting you in this position where it's, you know, where you're where you're trying to methodically make it happen, but the research has shown that According to Nick Elam, 50% of the time, these teams are fouling to slow the game down and try and win this game and get the game closer, but it only works 1.5% of the time. So he said, let's try something different. And that's exactly what the TBT is going to do. So when they tell you as a fan or as an outsider that you can never make a difference, understand that that's not true. Case in point, Nick Elam. And we're going to talk with uh, Eric Devendorf about these new rules and what he thinks about them because this is going to be an interesting situation now when you know you can't just foul to get ahead you can't just foul to make it happen you have to essentially put yourself in a position where you know you can you can get the job done and you know and by getting this job done you know you have to you got you're gonna have to meet this score and mad dash to the score. And, you know, they said they want the game to end on a made basket, which I think is pretty interesting. So we'll see what we could get done here this time around and what this is gonna what this is gonna look like, what this is gonna feel like. But I think it's pretty cool, you know, a case in point that they're gonna be testing it out and trying it out because why not? You know, why not give it a try? Why not see if the if this plan set in place could work? And if it does, well then like I said, does the NCAA institute anything that looks like it? You know, do they even consider it? Who knows? But at least we're going to get something different and something innovative. And that's what the TBT has been. I mean, for goodness sakes, the TBT, not only, you know, you talk about being innovative. How about the fact that they have 72 teams instead of 68? And they have play-in games for the 15 seeds. They have play-in games, you know, that 15 seed's not alone. The 16 seed isn't alone. So there's playing games all over the place, you know, and and that team that's got to play the number 1 seed and the team that's got to play the number 2 seed is in a position right now to have to fight for their right to be inside of the tournament. And it's across the board the same. So it's not like, well, you're a 16 seed who doesn't have to worry about it, but you're one that does. So I think it's pretty cool that they're testing out different things. I think it's amazing that they're expanding even more so, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen from here. I really am excited to see where we're going to go with this, and the TBT is going to be awesome. I mean, I think that it's it's more than clear to say that, you know, the TBT is going to be what it's been, which is a, an amazing game. I mean, I remember watching a game that Syracuse had last year, and my wife fell asleep, and here I am watching the game, and Syracuse is down by, I don't know, it was like 14 or 15 points. They came all the way back to get to a position where they could win the game. And then, you know, lo and behold, they pulled it through. And, I mean, you can never count Syracuse out, not even of the TBT. And because this is winner take all, you know, and it's that single elimination, you know, you're you're in a place where it is like that NCAA tournament feel and people are like, yeah, but it's all, you know, you can't say, yeah, but it's only 16 teams. Yeah, but it's only eight teams. Yeah, but it's only 30 teams. This is seventy-two. They have more teams than March Madness. They have more madness than March Madness right now. So you know, Phil, to, to look at the fact that Philadelphia and South Jamaica are fighting against each other for a playing game. Bayheim's Army is the number one seed in the Northeast. Scarlet and Gray, the Ohio State University alum, you know that that's a really tough team. If you've been watching the TBT in recent years, they're the number one seed in the Midwest. The number one seed and killing it. Year after year, in the South bracket, the, this time around, we have Overseas Elite. They are an extremely difficult team to play. And then Team Challenge, ALS, I am so extremely and undeniably proud that they got the number one seed because what they're fighting for is so much bigger than basketball. They're number one in the West. So we're going to see, you know, and I mean, Ram Nation. I love how Johnny said. we'll get to Johnny in a second. Ram Nation is there, you know, we have, I mean, you look at all of these teams that are inside of this team, Fredette is going to be in it this time around, and doing their thing, (coughs) pardon me, so these allergies are disgusting, I don't like it, get rid of them folks, let's get rid of these allergies, Jimmer Fredette, back inside of the TBT, I love, 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 love watching me some Jimmer Fredette, so I'm happy that, He's back in inside. I just have. I'm happy that people are going to be able to see him. But I mean, Gail Nation, the Iona alumni who Syracuse has played before. They're in Syracuse's bracket as well. There's a just a lot of great teams. There's Tim Thomas play. There's the HBC Sicklerville, which is the two seed in this bracket with, that Syracuse is inside of. That you know has the likes of Tyler Hines. Who played at Maryland Eastern Shore? Kyle Hines of UNC Greensboro, Dwayne Jackson from Morgan State, Nick Isabella from Clemson, as well as Charles Jenkins from Hofstra, Michael Jenkins from Winthrop University. They got a big time. They have a lot of guys on the roster. Quincy Miller from Baylor, Romeo Travis from the University of Akron, Alex Tias from Florida. So I mean, we're looking at these teams all throughout, 72 teams that are inside of this TBT bracket challenge. And as as again, I am more than ecstatic that this is has become a reality for us. And I think I'm going to put a TBT bracket together for Syracuse fans in Central and Upstate New York. I think I'm going to do a bracket challenge with you all here. So let's make that happen. Let's make it real and uh, let's get her done, so to speak. So I think I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm 100% going to do that. i got to figure out how to get around uh, what I need to do and whatnot because I don't know if they have one that you can click through, but I'm going to try and make this thing happen for you all. Saturday, July 21st, 6.50 p.m. Eastern time in Brooklyn is when Bayheim's Army plays their first game. They will play the winner of the play-in game between South Jamaica and Philadelphia. We'll take a step aside and come back in just a moment with Eric Devendorf live on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora.
0: This is a wake-up call,
2: Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse Basketball's Decades of Bayheim from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and the Adams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on CNYPopFestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always proud to have you inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And always happy to have this gentleman on the show, Eric Dievendorf. Man, has come a long way in his time from being at Syracuse and going throughout his career there to standing on top of the scorer's table in Madison Square Garden, all the way to still playing ball inside of Bayheim's Army. So I'm elated and very honored to have him uh, be back on the show for everything he's done in our community and for everything he's done in the basketball community. With that being said, Eric, how you doing today?
4: I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, first and foremost, Eric, I mean, I, I've heard from – Ryan Blackwell, I mean, I've heard from Alan Griffin and and I think Adrian. I mean, everybody's pretty t- pretty much told me that, you know, you still get after it when you're inside the mellow, that, you know, you're, all, you're going one-on-one, you're playing these guys. They said you're still a nuisance on the court. How would you respond to that?
4: Uh, I mean, I, I definitely still got some game. Um, you know, I still love to play. I mean, I love the game. That's, you know, that's my passion. Um, that's what I love to do every day, uh, you know, whether it's playing or, <laughs> Um, you know, working guys out or just you know being around the game—that's that's my passion, and what I love to do. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely can still do it a little bit.
2: And you know, what would you say about you know keeping your body right? Because you know, keeping your body healthy, keeping yourself in a position to continue to play—what have you done in your daily life to keep yourself right out there so you could do what you need to do on the court?
4: Well, for me, um, you know, it's kind of it's just like a lifestyle thing. Um, every day, like, in my routine, it, it consists of being in the gym. So whether it's, you know, being in the weight room, doing some stuff, or being out on the court. Um, and But I think the biggest thing for me, um, you know, these past, you know, three, four years, or two, three years, um, was just eating good. Um, I, I changed my whole diet up. I cut out meat, um, you know, a lot of veggies and, and, um, and fruits, and, and, you know, drinking a lot of water. Um, you know, obviously, I still got to, you know, Work on the sweets and, and things like that, but overall, I think um, you know, just eating better has really helped me out.
2: Speaking here with Eric Devendorf, formerly of Syracuse and and, and also uh, currently of Bayheim's Army, Eric, you know, did you ever think that something like this could be possible, where you would play for Syracuse, you would have those phenomenal moments at six overtime game, the, the I mean, everything that has come with your career and your time at Syracuse, which was so. Big and so amazing, and fans loved it. To move to where we are today, where fans can see you again, you're wearing orange, and get uh, again, and you're out there playing in these tournaments. Did you ever think that something like this could be filling up some of your time in the summer? And uh, was was this ever something that you thought about deep somewhere in your mind, or are you just completely floored about how something like this came about?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know what? I never really thought about it. I never really. You know, thought I'd be playing in a tournament for money, and you know, having this type of support from from the fans, and um, getting to play, you know, back with guys that you I grew up watching play. You know, Hakeem Wark, and um, you know, I, obviously playing with guys like Daryl Watkins and you know Terrence Rivers, Demetrius Nichols, and then now me being a veteran, um, and these younger guys who watch me play, you know, me getting to play with them. Um, and, you know, I, you know, coach John Gillen one year, um, and now he's playing at my, you know, you know, things like that. It's, it's pretty crazy, man. When you, when you, you know, think about all those experiences that you, you know, go through just because of this tournament in the summer. So, it's awesome that it brings, you know, our, our family of Syracuse guys back together, you know, for those two, three weeks. Um, you know, the last four, four summers have been, uh, you know, three summers have been, you know, pretty incredible. So. Just pretty, pretty grateful that you know we have opportunity to do something like this.
2: And I was talking about last year how, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching you guys play. I'm seeing this game, and my wife, I'm sitting in the office. I'm doing some work. I'm watching the game. You guys are down by double digits. My wife falls asleep. She's like, I can't, I can't watch them lose. I don't want to see the team lose. She falls asleep. I'm watching it. I'm nudging her as you're getting closer. Now you're down by eight. Now you're down by seven. Now it's a one possession game. You guys end up overtaking it and winning the game. I mean, this whole Syracuse never dies approach has leaked into Beheim's army. I think that's fair to say.
4: Oh yeah, no question. I mean, it's you know, it's in our blood. You know, we it's in our DNA. That's that's what we do. That's what we're used to. We never give up. Um, you know, we always going to keep fighting and, and leave it out there on the floor. Um, so, you know, just, again, just grateful for the opportunity to be able to even get out there and do it again and lace them up, um, you know, especially with guys that you love and, and, you know, played with before or, um, watch play growing up.
2: And, and for you, like you had mentioned, I mean, there's guys that, you know, you've been on the staff at Syracuse recently here. So there's guys that have been on the team that you're overseeing and trying to help. Then you have teammates and then you have, you know, other people that you didn't have an opportunity to play with. All coming, <coughs> pardon me. All coming together in this opportunity <coughs> for Beheim's army. And uh, Eric, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now: if you don't have allergies right now, God bless you, because Central New York right now is horrible. So, but uh, when it comes to this stuff, I can't. As a broadcaster, I'm done with it. But you know, when when you look at um, you know, kind of putting everything together and having guys that you were overseeing as a member of the staff to former teammates to guys that you haven't played with. When that all comes together, I mean, this has got to be truly a, a remarkable experience, kind of a once in a lifetime thing for you. Yeah, man. It's again, it's it's all family. Once you you know uh,
4: become a part of you know the Syracuse University basketball team, it's it's family. So, you know, when I remember myself, you know, playing, you know, seeing D.C. and, and Lawrence Mullen, and, and you know, you meet them and talk to them, and you feel like you you've known them forever, your whole life. That's how they that's how they make you feel, and that's how. You know the Syracuse basketball family makes each other feel so it's it's very welcoming and, and um, you know as soon as we step out on that floor it, you know it's like we've been doing it together forever that's that's how it feels so um, it's it's pretty awesome to be able to have that um, and have people in, in, in an organization that can bring that.
2: That coming from Eric Devendorf of Beheim's Army and, and Eric before we get back to Beheim's Army I want to go to what you've been doing. I mean, you came on the show within the past few years and you said to me, hey, I'm trying to get myself back to Syracuse, back in the dome. There could be something in the works about me being a part of this staff. Stay tuned. And I think it was within three months, three, four months that you ended up getting a job. You said it and then here it is in reality, that positive reinforcement belief in yourself. And since then, since you coming on the show, kind of talking about it a little bit, You've been on the staff. You've been a part of Syracuse's recent runs. What has it meant to you to have the dream and the hope of being on Syracuse's staff, and then seeing that become a reality? And and then now it's been it's been a few years. Just what that means to you to be on the outside looking in, and then get back on the inside and and be a part of this thing.
4: Oh well, it just you know, it goes to show how loyal Coach Beheim is. To, you know, to guys who want to be there and and, um, you know, show that they're willing to put the work in. And, and, again, you know, basketball is my passion. It's what I love to do. I love being around Syracuse. And, um, so it was just a fit, man. And, I, you know, I went to coach, and, and I really told him that and, and told him how I feel, and I want to be a part of it. Um, and, and, again, he, he accepted me. And, um, you know, these two years um, going on my third year, you know, have been incredible, the knowledge that I've been able to soak up um, just from being in the meetings with coach beheim and all the other coaches um you know it's you know it's priceless it's, it's something that you don't get you know um on a day-to-day so for me to be able to be in there and get that um you know i think it's just, it just gives me an advantage to you know as i go forward in, in the coaching ranks or, or whatever it may be so uh, i'm super blessed and grateful to to be able to have that
2: and to be, you know, on the strength and conditioning staff, and to be an assistant there, just what has that taught you? Because I mean, you've you've discussed keeping your body right and keeping yourself in playing condition. Just what you can say about being a part of this staff and, and what you've learned from the people around you at Syracuse.
4: I mean, uh, again, just just learning more about how to eat right. Um, you know, like you said, keeping my body right, when to rest. Um, you know, more stretching. Obviously, as you as you get older, myself. Um, um, you have to stretch and, and do more tedious things that you may um, may have didn't have to may, didn't have to do um, didn't have to do when you were younger. So um, you know, me just being able to learn that and, and kinda of share that with these guys so they can have a step ahead and an advantage in the competition. So um, again, super grateful, uh, the whole staff, you know, you know, Brad Pike, Ryan Cabillas, um, you know, the coaching staff, everybody has been awesome and, you know, I've just been learning a ton.
2: You're a part of this staff. You're a part of this team last season (coughs) that a lot of people counted out and didn't think that they would move forward, even get into the tournament. You saw them be successful. You saw them get into that playing game and were a part of this entire run of working with this team, this group of guys, which felt like five, six, sometimes five and a half with Brahma being hurt and getting to a point where they can move into the Sweet 16. What impressed you about this year's team? And is it one of the most impressive teams that you think has ever been in Syracuse history for doing what they did with what they had?
4: I mean, it's just it, it's just heart and hustle. That's what these guys brought to the floor every night. Um, didn't matter who we were playing. You know, we played North Carolina, we played Duke, or, or you know, we play a lower-level team. Whoever it is, they're going out there and, and giving it their all. You know, they're going to make mistakes. Um, they're going to turn the ball over. They're going to miss shots. You know, they're young but they're learning on the go, and they did a terrific job of doing that throughout the whole season, Um, you know, and what a magical run in the tournament that they made. Nobody even, you know, thought we were going to be a part of it. So for them to do that and and believe in themselves and and to come together as a, you know, as a team was pretty unbelievable to watch, and and I was just happy to be a part of it.
2: What was it about last year's team that that just – brought about that feeling, that determination, you know, that the success that they had because they knew the outside noise. They knew the injuries. They knew that, I mean, there was out of the top five scores from a season before, only one was returning in Tyus' battle. Frank had never really had to be a scorer on the team up until last season. So with all of these things seemingly outside looking in, working against them, what did you see inside of that locker room Inside a practice with these guys, even off the court, what were you seeing that made you believe? Wow, you know these these guys are figuring it out.
4: You know it, it, these guys were always together. You know whether it's on the court or off the court, these guys believed in each other. Um, you know they they cheered one another on on the bench. You know they they never went behind each other's backs and, and said anything. It was it was all togetherness, and and uh, you know you need that, especially when you're going to go through ups and downs through the year, which we did these guys stuck together and, and they believed in one another. And, and when you do that, you give you know confidence to each individual on a team and, and that spreads. And when everybody has that, um, you know, it's, it's usually a, a team that's winning games. So um, obviously this, this upcoming year, we have, you know, a lot of guys coming back and the experience from that run is, is definitely going to help us towards this season, you know, with the additions of uh, a couple of new guys. So, um, you know, this last season was unbelievable. Um, now we're looking forward to you know, maybe making an even deeper run in um, next year.
2: Speaking here with Eric Dievendorf, a former Syracuse player, current player on Bayheim's Army and on the strength and conditioning staff for Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball as we move forward and this being his third upcoming season being a part of the staff. Uh, Eric, its highest battle makes the decision to come back. He feels that ultimately having a junior season at Syracuse is the right way to go for him. O'Shea Brissett, he comes back as well. I I didn't really have any inkling from speaking with him through throughout the season, especially in tournament time, that he had any desire to necessarily leave. You know, he had said to me about leadership. He said, "You know, I have." It it was right in Omaha. It was after the game. I, I spoke with him about you know, what, is, what are his thoughts about leadership and what he's taken away in, in his future. And he said, listen, Frank and Tyus have done such a great job to be leaders and to teach me. And so when these guys come in next year as true freshmen and they're going through things that I went through and making mistakes that I've made, doing things that I've done, I got to step up. I got to be a leader. And that was immediately, I don't know, 15 minutes after they had lost to Duke that he was talking about how he needs to be the leader that he knows he's capable of being. What does it say to you with, with Tyus coming back, with O'Shea coming back, and when you hear this desire in O'Shea to be that leadership that can carry this team forward, even though Frank and Tyus are still going to be there, that O'Shea has put it upon himself to be a leader as a sophomore, a true sophomore moving forward?
4: Uh, you know, I think O'Shea is you know one of the most talented players in the country. Um, and then coming back, having that experience, like you said, um, he's going to be a leader and, and show these young guys coming in, you know, the steps and, and what it takes to you know be successful on the court. Um, he, he's been working super hard throughout the summer, um, so I know he'll be ready, you know, to take that next step. I mean, he he can be an All-American candidate. He, he just has to stay focused, um, be consistent in his daily routine, and and we man, he's going to be. He's going to be a key and, um, you know, the Final Four run for us. So um, look forward to it.
2: And, and to have Alan Griffin be back in the building, he spent some time on the staff as a grad assistant and then left and, and ultimately ended up at Dayton before he came back to Syracuse. What's it been like having Alan? Because I know that, you know, you got to be around Mike in different ways. You got to be around Mike as a player. You got to be around Mike in general when you came back around the program. What's, what's life been like with Alan Griffin? Oh, man,
4: unbelievable. Al, that's my guy right there. He's just great with the guys. Everybody loves him. I mean, he's a part of the Syracuse family. He's, you know, been there since, I don't know, 2002 or uh, something like that. So, you know, everybody knows Griff, and, um, you know, everybody was happy to have him back. So uh, he brings a lot to the table, and and I'm learning a lot from him every day. So, uh, you know, I'm just lucky to have him there.
2: Not having – Mike Hopkins on the staff, but seeing the success he's had. Pac-12 coach of the year brought that team from obscurity before he got there the, the season before to getting to a point where they had a push to almost make the NCAA tournament. What can you say about, I mean, you, I know that you know the, the character of Mike Hopkins. I got to meet him when I was 14. He coached my a summer camp that I was a part of. And ever since that moment to the moment now you know within the last few years i mean this guy has been phenomenal he's always positive energy smiles giving you a big hug you know just just helping to bring people up his energy is extremely contagious so it's not in syracuse anymore i know a lot of people miss that but what can you say about how successful he's been is it any surprise to you that he's already had a tremendous effect on that team
4: i mean no surprise at all that i mean if anyone who knows hop um they knows what he brings to the table is different. Um, you know, not everybody has what he has—the the energy and, and the personality, um, the way he connects with people, and, and the way he gets people to listen. Um, the way he can just, when he's speaking, he he, he can, you know, uh, make everybody stop and have all eyes on him. Um, you know, uh, just just a great person, a great human being, and, and someone that I, you know, learn from. You know, the game of basketball. Really, you know, I, I owe a ton of credit to him, um, you know, just learning how to you know, work guys out, how to how to connect with players and how to, you know, go about it on a day-to-day basis, man. We've had talks about, you know, basketball, but about life just in general. So I owe a lot of my, uh, you know, success, so to speak, to him. And, um, you know, I talk to him and, and just, you know, I want to keep soaking up you know, the knowledge that he has because, you know, he's one of my mentors, and, and, and um, I'm, again, happy and, and super
2: blessed to have him in my life. Before I let you go, Eric, too, to, you know, we, we've spoken about kind of coaches taking their journeys, Alan Griffin journeying back, Mike Hopkins journeying out to Washington. When you look on your journey and everything that has happened since you've been a player at Syracuse, bring me some of those those points on that journey on on that, that timeline for you that you really can stop and appreciate when you look at being a player here all the way back to now being a part of this staff and, and being a part of the future of, of the lives of, of these student athletes.
4: You know what? I think it's just, you got to enjoy the journey, man. It's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be, uh, you know, times where you want to quit and, and, and you want to stop, but you got to be grateful for everything that happens in between, you know, the time you're here and, and gone. I mean, because it could be like that. Um, you know, we were just talking about earlier, um, you know, off record about how how fast our kids grow up. You know, you just got to be, um, you know, thankful for everything that happens. And um, and that uh, includes the bad and, and the good, you know. So um, I'm thankful for everything. You know, my ups and downs when I played at Syracuse, you um, in between all the way till now, you know, being back on staff and have the opportunity to learn from, um, you know, a Hall of Fame coach. Um, And it's my duty to be able to share my knowledge with these guys coming up, you know, give them an advantage, you know, what they're going to run into and and how they might deal with it in the correct way. So, you know, these guys can have a step step ahead going forward and, um, you know, hopefully do big things with their lives. So um, I'm just passing it forward just like, these guys are doing at Syracuse for me so again just just super happy and blessed to be in the position that I'm
2: in and and to be in the position that you're in there's some unsung heroes Eric that I want to shout out here from Brad Pike to Katie Scanlon to Dan Schworls to uh, to Katie Kalinsky who's on the show every Thursday at 9 30 a.m. with a signature segment called Coaching with Class to Todd Blumen and, and Ryan Kabilis and, and so on and so forth. Just just to speak on, on you know, the, the people that we don't hear enough about and Kip Wellman as well, the director of basketball ops. You know, these names that we don't hear, we always hear Jim Bayheim You know, we'll, we'll hear about you. We'll hear about, you know, obviously Jerry and Adrian and Allen returning from being former players. But to some of these unsung heroes, just what you can say about how Syracuse's entire staff really works well together and, and finds a way to, to keep the train moving.
4: Well, I mean, that, that's what it is. It's a, it's a family. So no one's, you know, above any individual. It's just, everybody's the same. And if, you know, you saw how we work together on a daily day, a day-to-day basis, it's, um, you know, it's, it's love. It's, it's, it's all family, man. And, you know, it's, it's not even like, it's not even like we're working really. We're, we're every time, every day is we're having fun. We're doing what we love to do. Um,
2: and these are all the people that bring it together. So i um, just happy to be a part of something super special. And in closing, Flint water crisis, uh, the coat drive that you've done here in Syracuse, and, and the other things, that I mean, countless ideas that you have in this community to try and bring people together and in the communities in general. You have come on this show and spent a lot of time, when everything happened in Flint, Michigan, you made it a point to come on to this show, and we spent... I want to say the better part of an hour discussing very little basketball and a lot about the Flint water crisis. You did the coat drive recently here. Just what you could say about being a humanitarian and to reaching out to people that need it and to try and be a voice for people that unfortunately feel that they don't have a voice.
4: Well, I mean, I believe that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, if we have a platform that we can use um, that would help other people, especially in our community, I think that's how it starts. You want to be able to help people, Um, locally in your community and and hopefully spread that out to, you know, to other places as well. But just having this platform, um, Syracuse basketball, and and able to reach out and and help other people is is what I'm supposed to do. So hopefully um, people can see me doing that and and it makes them want to do the same thing and, you know, have that trickle-down effect. Um, And then, you know, eventually, you know, we have, you know, better communities and and better states and, and a better country. So, um, I'm just trying to, you know, do what I think is right to do. And, um, you know, I'm going to continue to, you know, keep doing it for as long as I can do
2: it. And and finally, to come full circle, speaking here with Eric Devendorf, Beheim's Army, first game July 21st. It's on a Saturday. It's going to be in Brooklyn. You're facing the winner of a play-in game between South Jamaica and Philadelphia. What can you say about the fans giving you the votes, making you top four and getting you to a number one seed? You know, you, you won – the the northeast side of it last time around this past season when you made it to the Final Four. And here you are as the number one seed, and you're going to be in the BK in Brooklyn playing this upcoming game. Just your thoughts on that.
4: Oh, man, super excited. Definitely uh, excited to get back in front of that orange crowd. I know it's going to be packed. Um, it was great last year, the atmosphere. So
2: um, I know it's going to be awesome again. Just, just looking forward to getting back out on that court with my guys and uh, competing hard. And and that that uh, man named Hakeem Warwick, you know, I don't know if anybody remembers him from that famous block that kept that championship in Syracuse's hands in two thousand three. But I heard I heard Hakeem Warwick's pretty good. I think he's a pretty good player. What do you think about that?
4: Oh, absolutely. He's you know obviously Hack played with us uh, a few years ago, so it's great to have him back. He's definitely going to add um, some scoring experience and you
2: know just one heck of a player. So uh, looking forward to get back getting back out there with Hack. And, and Deshante Riley, you know, I think you said Syracuse is a family. I think if there's any sign, any any true definition of that, any true example of the fact that Syracuse is always a family, Deshante Riley was a part of Syracuse, transferred to Eastern Michigan, and was welcomed back onto Bayheim's Army with open arms. You know, just, just to speak to that, you know, really quick here, and the fact that Deshante Riley is a true example of how Syracuse family never dies.
4: I mean, he, he's a yeah, like you said, he's a part of the family. I mean, and and he's from Michigan, so you know we're both from Michigan, and and that that's my guy right there. He's, um, you know, he brings a lot to the table. He's he's great on the defensive end. He can step out, and hit the jump shot. Um, he did great for us last year in our final four run, so we're just happy to have him back out there, and uh, you know we'll know he'll
2: we know he'll be good. And we have some fans on here, Mary saying. Keep up the good work, Eric, and, and keep doing what you're doing. So a lot of support in the community for Eric Devendorf, and a lot of support for Bayheim's Army in, in and of itself and for everything that you've been doing in the community and the outside community and obviously back in Michigan, which I know is near and dear to your heart. So as always, Eric, we appreciate the work that you're doing on and off the court. Keep doing it and uh, keep being the, uh, the awesome guy that you are and, and keep taking care of those girls. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. And happy tenth birthday! I believe you know. Can you can you shout out your daughters here really quick?
4: Yeah, uh, shout out Miranda. This, she she's uh, she'll be eight, not to August, and then uh, my oldest, Madeline, she'll be ten um, tomorrow on Wednesday. So yeah, shout out to both of them.
2: Definitely. All right. Well, take care. We'll talk with you very soon, and I hope you enjoy the birthday tomorrow. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, take care. <laughs> That coming from Eric Devendorf one more time here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Call DT.com, your one stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Call DT. And, and folks, the coughing or any any of that that you're hearing, that is the, the beautiful, wonderful world of allergies. I wish it on no one. I wish it on none of. I don't wish it on my worst enemy in the world. And I have no idea. Who that is, because I don't make enemies in this world. If you wanna make me an enemy, I always tell people this if you wanna make an enemy out of me, that's you and a hundred percent you, and you gotta deal with that and you gotta fight with that every single day, and you gotta have that invisible battle with yourself because I don't have time to fight with people. I'm trying to bring people together. I'm not trying to bring people apart. So if you're hating on me, I'm sorry I feel sorry for you because you're hating on somebody that prays for you, hopes for you, dreams for you, and wishes the best for you. So, and Eric Devendorf, I mean, you look at this man and, you know, the, the way that he was treated in the past, the way that people saw him in the past, the way that he was viewed in the past to be what he is today and to do what he's done today. I mean, and he came on the show and said, listen, when I was younger, I made mistakes. I'm not proud of things that I had done, but he changed his life for the better. He is a true example. You don't count people out. You don't think, you know, you don't just treat people like, okay, you know what, I didn't like how you treated me on Tuesday back in 2006. So for the rest of my life, you're a horrible person. People deserve the opportunity to fight forward and the opportunity to show you what they can be. And when push came to shove, Eric Devendorf took it upon himself to help this community, to help the Michigan community, to help the bigger community of this country as a whole, and to do what he can and give what he can give to this planet, to this world, and, and I commend him for the work that he's done. I commend him for the attitude that he's had, and I commend him for being somebody that says, you know what, I'm not going to slip through the cl- through the cracks. I'm not going to be a person who makes a mistake and then just makes another and another and another. I'm going to be someone who is going to take care of business and do right by my brothers and sisters out there, and if I know you, I'm going to do right by you, and if I don't know you, I'm going to do right by you. So I want to give a lot of respect to Eric Devendorf. His journey has been a remarkable one and he's the first person to tell you he's not perfect, but he's trying and he's working hard and he's making something out of his life and he is the true sign that you should never ever give up. Never ever give up on the fact that this world can create some pretty amazing people that can do some pretty amazing things. And you know, I'm just I'm just happy to see him become the person that he is today to help out the student athletes that come to Syracuse now and to help out the community the way that he has. So shout out to you, Eric Devendorf, for making time for the show every single year and uh, for treating me with respect and for doing right by your life and doing right by your girls, because that goes a long way. And like I said, you can count people out or you can believe that, you know, people do have the ability to change for the better. You know, I work every day to change for the better. So I want to thank Eric Devendorf for his story. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with plenty more in the second hour of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, including 2020 recruit linebacker Christian Hood, who's going to be speaking with us on Syracuse as well as Arizona and Iowa State. He already has three offers with a couple more years to play high school football. He'll be on the show in just a little bit, and we'll round out the show with the ingredients to success as we always do. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing.
0: This is a wake up call,
2: Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse Basketball's Decades of Bayheim from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and the Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. This
1: is Jim Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh, daily. You know, we bring in local produce, we prepare to order in the kitchen, we hand bread our chicken, we hand-spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food, it doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different, we, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service, and so,
5: where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear.
2: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, which you can also pick up by going to the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com. Coming up in just a little bit, less than a half an hour, we will be joined by Christian Hood, Christian Hood, 2020 inside and outside linebacker recruit who holds offers from Iowa State, Arizona, and Syracuse will join the show in just a little bit here. So make sure that you make some time coming up here later on in the broadcast. It's always important to listen all the way through to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Never know what's going to happen. The antics, the shenanigans, and of course... The interviews that we have and and the signature segments like the one that we have every Tuesday that will round out today's show as well. The ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company and it's a Utica thing. So with that being said, I hope that you are taking something positive from these stories that come onto the show, including the story of Eric Dievendorf's life and just what he's done and how hard he has worked to become the man that he is to that he is today and the father that he is today. So I give him a lot of credit and a lot of uh, a lot of appreciation for what he has worked to do and I think that, you know, that can't can't go understated, shouldn't go understated by any stretch of the imagination. Getting back to Beheim's army which he is a part of and will be playing on the top 4 as I said they made it when it comes to votes and how many Votes that each of them got, how many supporters each team got. Team Arkansas, filled with Arkansas Razorback alumni, is 2,296. They got more supporters than anyone, more votes than anybody out there this year for TBT 2018. Sideline Cancer was number two with 1,729 Louisiana United is in third place with 1,355. And Bayheim's Army, uh, filled with Syracuse alumni, has 1,293 to put them into fourth place. Now, folks, mind you, there are 72 teams, 72 teams, including teams that weren't eligible because they didn't get enough votes. So out of 72 teams, plus all the other teams that try to get into this thing, Bayheim's Army is in the top four, and that's thanks to Syracuse fans like those of you that are listening in to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora Daily right here on wakeupcalldt.com and mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. So just think about that. Just take that all in for a moment, folks. Breathe it in for a moment that you helped Bayheim's Army by voting in the TBT to be in the top four teams in the entire nation and even outside of this nation because you have teams like South Jamaica and and this, that, and the other. So I want to bring a a big shout-out to everybody that's been a part of this this TBT. I mean, it's really turned into something that's been wonderful, and, I mean, it continues to grow. I mean, you see teams from Queens to Atlanta to North Carolina – to Iowa, to obviously Syracuse, New York, to you know those that are support that that are fighting for a cure for brain cancer, which is Team ABC2 Accelerate Brain Cancer Cure, to teams like Sideline Cancer, to teams like Team ALS to fight ALS, to the Wake Forest alumni, to the Iona Gales alumni, to Tampa, to VCU, to Dubois, uh, to. Uh, I can't even, (coughs) this morning I tell you folks. So Dubois Dream to the Rock City Scorchers of Chattanooga to uh, Taiwan, you know, I mean the South Jamaica Kings to Memphis alumni and so on and so forth. I mean this has truly, truly been a remarkable tournament and to see what it has grown out to 72 teams and like I said, I'm going to do my best to put together a bracket challenge now, Johnny said, side question, he wants to know how many people have watched the video of him coming into studio and shaving his chest live on air. So that's, you know, it was a historical day for us. It was Johnny's birthday, which, Johnny, happy birthday again. I hope you had a phenomenal birthday. So it was Johnny's birthday. It was the day after Father's Day. He had never shaved his chest ever once in his life from when he was a teenager, And it's the first time we ever did anything like that on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. We did it on live video and audio. So Johnny wants to know how many people have watched this. At this moment in time, Johnny, we are at over 250 views on Facebook alone. Not including YouTube, Twitter, or anything else. Just on Facebook alone where we shot the live video on facebook.com backslash dan.tortora21. That's twenty one. And so on that live feed, facebook.com backslash dan.tortora21, 250 plus views as of this morning. And not even 24 hours later, we're, we're heading toward 300 views of people that have watched you, Johnny, shave your chest on live radio. So that's, that's the answer to your question, Johnny. That's where we're at right now. So we got 250 plus just on Facebook. So shout out to Johnny, your hairless chest is famous now, and uh, big ups to that. So And thank you to everybody that watched and, and was a part of it, because uh, we truly had a lot of fun making some history on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora Radio, and, and uh, you know I don't think there's a lot of broadcasters that have done the, you know, you lose a bet and you have a listener come into the studio to have to face that bet and do something like shaving their chest live on a radio and and live on uh, on on the video that we had on Facebook live. So I don't know how many people can say that they've done that. We might be the only one. We might be in a in a minority of of someone who had somebody on their birthday shave their chest who's a listener who came onto the show and came in the studio. Not even me. You're not saying like I lost a bet and I'm on the show, so I gotta do it. This is a listener that we invited to join us in studio, so and one of the best listeners that we have, so I give a big ups to Johnny for being a part of the show and 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 jumping into this this uh crazy opportunity but as he said his lesson that he learned from this is to watch what he says and be careful what he is putting out there and be and be careful what he's agreeing to do if he's going to make a bet and if he's going to make a bet to make sure that he has a good feeling that it's going to go in his direction so you know thank you to Johnny for being a being a trooper being a a good sport in this whole thing, and giving us something fun to do on Wake Up Call live video, and obviously here on air on mixlr.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Coming up in just a little bit, as promised, Christian Hood will be joining the show. 2020 inside outside linebacker recruits. He will be on the broadcast with us discussing his early offers that he already has from. Iowa State, Arizona and Syracuse. So he'll be discussing that with us. What did Johnny say? Detroit wins the Super Bowl. I'll shave my whole body. Johnny, you've learned absolutely nothing. You have literally earned or oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, no, no no, no, he's smart. He's smart. He did it backwards. He did it backwards. He didn't guarantee that they would win the Super Bowl. Sorry, I read that quick, Johnny and and so I, I read it a little bit wrong. I thought you were I thought you were going a little bit nuts again. But Johnny said if if Detroit wins the Super Bowl, he'll shave his whole body because he doesn't believe that Detroit will win the Super Bowl. So that's interesting here. As I said, Christian Hood will be on the show from Missouri City, Texas. He plays at High Tower 2020 inside outside linebacker recruit that's already picked up three offers. He's got a trifecta of offers, and he's got plenty of time on the field to play, so big ups to Christian Hood, who's got a lot of time out there to go out there and do what he needs to do and get things done. 2020 recruit with already Arizona, Iowa State, and Syracuse. Already have a West Coast, an East Coast, and a Midwest offer, so he's touching every single part of the United States which I think is pretty interesting, showing just how vast the interest is in his talents. And Christian Hood will be on the show in less than 15 minutes here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to join us for the first time that he's been on the broadcast to speak on his time in High Tower so far, what he's taken away from Hightower, as well as what the South really is like, you know, playing here in the South and and playing where God, family, and football, faith, family, football, the three F's, I believe, and just what that means as well as what he can take away from Arizona, Iowa State, and Syracuse, the offers that he's received so far and and just what it's meant to him so young in his career as well as where he's more comfortable on the inside or the outside at the linebacker position and then we'll talk a little bit more about his talents and what he wants to work on and and so on and so forth so make sure that you're keeping it locked right here to wake up call with dan satora our airwaves are mixlr.com backslash DT. tell your friends and of course we're on wakeupcalldt.com as well so with that being said, he'll be on in less than 15 minutes. I want to hop into something really quick here this morning before we get rolling. And, and a big shout-out again to everybody that is a part of Syracuse's staff, from Katie Kalinske to Ryan Kabilis uh, to Todd Blumen, Brad Pike, Dan Swirls, as well as Katie Scalin, so on and so forth. I mean, these truly are the unsung heroes And I feel that they need to be sung a little bit more and, you know, spoken about a little bit more. (coughs) So, you know, we really hope for the best with each and every single one of them. I hope that you take the time to see them. I mean, I I know that people will ask, you know, Katie Kalinske started coming on the show and doing her signature segment every Thursday here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora exclusively called Coaching with Class. And we got that in the first couple weeks. Oh, she's that girl that was always sitting by Bayheim, or she was the one on the staff, and I saw her on TV, and I didn't know who she was or what her position was on the team and whatnot. So we're trying to get those unsung heroes out there. And, you know, it's a consistent effort from me to make sure, not just with Syracuse, but in general. You know, we—I call it the redheaded stepchild—the person that people don't talk about enough. And I know what it's like to be a redheaded stepchild, even though I don't have red hair and I've never been a stepchild. But I know what it's like to be there, and so do they. So it's my job, my duty—one of my batons, I guess—that I carry in life. You know, one of the things that I take with me in life is to make sure that we're telling the stories of everybody, and not just LeBron James and Steph Curry and. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, but that we're telling the stories around our community. That we're telling the stories of Lemoyne. We're telling the stories of OCC, of Oswego, of Syracuse, as well as telling recruiting stories of recruits all over the country, and telling the stories that we tell in Florida. Telling the Jacksonville Jaguars story for the past ten years plus to the point where they are now, where people don't think I'm insane for some of the comments I've made four years ago, three years ago, whatever it may be. So. If you have a story to tell, we'll connect it here and, and we'll tell your story because there are so many people that have stories to tell, and I don't think that we even scratch the surface with a lot of them. Everybody wants to talk to Jim Beheim, but you got to spend the time speaking with Chuck Wilbur, who's a champion at OCC, got to spend time with Mike Masser, who's a champion at West Genesee, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, for goodness sakes, we have had national champions. And I mean, just in lacrosse alone, what this community has done in central and upstate New York is amazing. And I don't think that we take enough time to really appreciate it and speak on it and to, you know, put these coaches out there. And the thing is to get them out there before they're winning national championships. You know, I think it's important to speak to these coaches before all this stuff goes down because it's, you know, they expect it. They expect you to call them when they're winning this and winning that and winning the other thing. But it's making the effort that consistent effort to speak with them when it's not happening and when they're having a tough season. I mean, when we when we look at Kathy Taylor even who just won a national championship the first ever for Lemoyne women's lacrosse or Lemoyne women's lacrosse, I mean, to see that happen here is remarkable. Lemoyne Dolphins Winning their first ever national championship, and then you know, for me to have Jess Manili just a, a few days after I'm speaking, or right after I spoke with Kathy, I'm doing a live event with CNS, the North Stars, at at Chick Fil A Cicero, and we're on site, on location at 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York, and I'm talking to Jess, and she's going to Le Moyne. So they win a national championship, and now all of a sudden she's going to play for a national championship team, the reigning national champion, and a national championship coach. You know, and, and it's all in this community. CNS to Lemoyne is not that far, but the nation has looked kindly upon, and in that spotlight is on Kathy Taylor and, and this Lemoyne Dolphins team. So I I think I think there's beautiful stories that are all over our communities, and outside of our community as well when we look at regional and national and international. So there's always a story to tell. Never forget that. And always know that if you have a story to tell, that we can tell that story right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora anytime. And uh, definitely, we'll make it happen and, and get you out there. And, you know, we just ask that people are respectful. We ask that people justify their opinion when they interact with us and that they're nice to one another. You know, those are the those are the biggest things that we we look to do out here is just make sure that people are being good to one another and that we're spreading love and positivity and when we have to talk about those difficult subjects that we do that with strength, confidence, community <clears throat> and that we're not afraid to do so and we're respectful of everyone involved in the situation. You know, because people like to Talk about things as experts, right? They know everything. I don't know everything. You don't know everything. If we knew everything, we would be God. There'd be no point being here. So just know that we don't know everything. We know some things. And it's with a community that we can share those stories. And that's why I'm happy I get to share the stories that I get to share. So, with that being said, in just a couple minutes, Christian Hood will share his story here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tor Torah. And today, going on in the background, him and I are going to talk football, which is American football, but football, which is soccer, all around the world. The World Cup is, of course, in full swing. And Poland is taking on Senegal right at the end of today's show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And Russia will take on Egypt in their second game. Russia hasn't played in almost a week. They'll play at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and Japan just defeated Colombia two to one. Japan's my dark horse to be the second team that gets out of their group, so I think that's really interesting that they won their game today up against Colombia, who I, I know people think Colombia is going to make it happen. So just kind of interesting where things are at, and uh, when we look at Japan and the standings that they have right now, I have I know I have Colombia and Japan making it. And then uh, LJ has Poland. So I do have Japan making it happen in this. Japan's at the top of Group H. At the top of Group G is Belgium. At the cha- at top of Group F is Sweden. Topping out Group E is Serbia. Not Brazil. Not Switzerland. Not Costa Rica. Serbia. Group D, Croatia's at the top. Group C is France. Group B is Iran. And Group A is Russia at the top of that right now. So looking to shake some things up and see what can happen here. As we move forward into the games that are today, you know that the World Cup Takeover happens on Wednesdays and Fridays. World Cup Wednesday, 9 to 10 a.m., the first hour of Wake Up Call with Antatora with Zach Bowden. And on Fridays, significant sound bites has been taken over by the World Cup with Lawrence LJ Papaleo, who played for Poland and is a former professional soccer player in the indoor and outdoor ranks. So we're very excited about what we have coming up with the FIFA World Cup here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and I hope you'll be watching the games coming up today. We're going to take a step aside here on the broadcast on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and we will come back with Christian Hood 2020 inside and outside linebacker who has offers already, as a 2020 recruit, already has offers from Arizona, Iowa State, and Syracuse. He's got looks from the West, the Midwest, and the East. If you're going to get three offers, why not get them in all three regions of the United States of America just to show how vast that is? And that could definitely help them out because if Arizona offered them, then you know other teams in that Pac-12 region might be saying, well, who's this Christian Hood kid? And then if it's in the Midwest, then you got, okay, the Big 12 and the Big 10 game going, you know, so why did they offer this guy? What does he have? Then if you're on the East Coast, you got the ACC and the AAC and whatnot, saying the SEC in there as well saying okay if this kid got offered so early what what are they seeing that maybe we should take a look at so recruitment starting off well for Christian Hood and I'm happy that we're going to spend some time together on the broadcast in just a few moments here as Christian Hood will join me for a one-on-one conversation after his trio of offers from Iowa State, Arizona, and Syracuse. So make sure that you listen into to this Fast Break for our great partners in Central and Upstate New York, and then Christian Hood will be on the other side of the Fast Break in just a moment.
0: This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
2: For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse Basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and the Adams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on CNYPopFestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Unica pizza company spells family your family my family Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers as well as beyond for decades. The Penn & Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn & Trophy Center, be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, Something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency. Is Pen and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com and call them for more information at 315 422 8797. That's 315 422 8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, and happy to have 2020 recruit the incoming class of 2020 for college football, Christian Hood, who plays linebacker at Hightower High School in Missouri City, Texas, who currently comes into this conversation with his first three offers. So even though we're here in 2018, he still already got his trio of offers out of the way: Syracuse, Iowa State, and Arizona. Christian, how are you doing today?
5: Doing good. I'm good. How are you?
2: Doing very well. And, and Christian, you know, to kind of start things off for you to have three offers already, knowing that you have a couple of years left to play some high school football. Just, just what that means to you that you already have a trio of offers at this point.
5: You know, it means a lot. It really does mean a lot. That means that uh, I also have a lot of work to get done because I have a big
2: big, uh, like, load to carry on my shoulders now, now that I have these three offers. And when you, you know, bring me into, into everybody listening in, when you got that first offer and when everything came through?
5: Uh, basically, like, when I got that first, off, first offer, it was during springtime. Uh, I was playing a lot of middle linebacker then, so that's whenever, I guess, college just started seeing that I could play uh, both, both outside and inside, so... Uh, it was a big time, like, my recruitment, and then uh, school started, like, looking at me more after I got that first offer from Iowa State.
2: And when you got that offer from Iowa State, like you said back in the spring, just, you know, what that meant to you. Bring me into how you found out you got the offer and, and just how everything came about for you.
5: Uh, basically, uh, my coach told me to give this coach from uh, Iowa State a call. Give gave him a call, and uh, basically we had a little conversation. And he was just real real excited. Like uh, he, he came to he came to spring practice like the week before and watched me and uh, after I posted my like spring highlights, uh, that's when I, like, basically the whole staff really got on board and, and everything was like a real real good after that.
2: So you get that from Iowa State, you know, you're playing off in, in Texas what can you say about you know that that connection? I mean, have you ever been to the state of Iowa? Have you been around the program or, or anything at all, or was this kind of just something that hit you by surprise?
5: It really hit me by surprise. Like I've never really been to Iowa. Uh, it's pretty far away, but yeah, it's, it was a
2: big surprise, and I'm very uh, very happy it happened. And to have that offer from Iowa State. You know, how much did you know about Iowa State going into it? You know, when you got that offer, did you know much about the program, or was it kind of you know just a program you wanted to look into after you got that first offer? Yeah,
5: it was mainly uh, just like a program I had to look into. Um, like I didn't really know much about it, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't know much about Iowa State.
2: What do you think about the program now that you've had some time to look into it? What can you say about? iowa state and getting an offer from them
5: uh yeah it's a great program it's growing so that's good by the time i get there it's going to be a whole different program so yeah
2: and and you you have other offers you know that inside of the big 12 and then syracuse and the acc arizona and the pac 12 i want to ask you about arizona just what you could say about their offer and and when that came about how close was that to the offer from iowa state
5: uh, the offer from Arizona came about a month after um, Iowa State. It came like a few days ago actually. Uh, I was at this leadership camp and then my coach gave me a call talk- saying that uh, a coach wanted me to call him. So I called the coach up and you know, same as Iowa State, same, uh, same as State because they're very excited to get to talk to me. And that's when he kind of pulled the ch- trigger.
2: So what did they tell you about, you know, why they were, why were they, they were pulling this trigger? I mean, you don't have a connection to Iowa state and have a connection to Arizona. Did they just say, Hey, we saw something on film. We really loved, we wanted to get you on the phone. What did they say to you about what, what kind of did it for them? Did they let you know what, what they saw that really was was that icing on the cake to give you the offer?
5: Oh yeah. Um, most of the schools that are recruiting me, they really like my aggressiveness, you know, being a, being kind of a a short, not short, I don't want to say short, but like shorter uh, linebacker. Uh, They really like that I have that full aggressiveness, aggressiveness, that strength that I play with. So they really like that.
2: And when you say, you know, the, the shorter linebacker, just what you could say about, you know, your stature, your size and, and, you know, to go a little bit deeper into that, that short isn't a bad thing. It's actually something that you're utilizing to your advantage. So to kind of tell everybody you know how you would define that a little bit more.
5: Uh, yeah, so basically um, I am like five eleven and a half twenty five pounds and right now currently so basically uh, I feel like I have a lot of explosion going into the field with that with that size. so uh, yeah
2: and and with that explosion, you know you talk about that being a big positive for you. Speaking here with Christian Hood, linebacker, 2020 class coming in for college football with three offers at the time of our conversation out of Hightower High School in Missouri City, Texas. If the explosiveness side of things is one of the biggest assets that you have, what are some of the other assets you feel you have, some of the other attributes in your game? And then, secondly, what are some of the things you want to work on from here?
5: Uh, Well, I play like my game is very fast. I play. Every every rep every uh, play hundred percent hundred ten percent actually fast strong and just explosive. But uh, some some things that I want to work on are uh, you know I'm trying to get uh, like coverage to be like one of the top things in my game. And yeah,
2: it's pretty much it. I I still play like very smart. I play very smart on the field. And we we look at the fact that you're marked down as an outside linebacker, but outside inside. You know, do you have a comfort level? You know, I'm watching your highlight film here in the studio at the time that we're talking and just kind of going over it a couple times and seeing you come off the edge. But would you be okay if you were on the inside?
5: Oh, yeah, I'd definitely be comfortable on the inside, outside, anywhere I'm pleased.
2: And and when you're, you know, just just bring me into your vision, because obviously being on the outside, you got to know where you're, you know, I mean, you're obviously going to attack that quarterback and, you know, there's that, opportunity that everybody wants when you're on the defensive side of the ball, which is take down that quarterback that has the ball or take down the running back in the backfield. But your vision, when I'm watching this film, you seem to know your seams. You make quick reactions, quick reads. So bring me a little bit deeper into your vision and you know just what you see on the field and, and how, how you feel like maybe that's an asset to your game. Because it seems like you can read pretty quickly what's going on.
5: Oh, yes, sir. Uh, so basically, I, I was blessed to have a, like a very good coach uh, my sophomore year, uh, Matthew Gregg. He's now at a Kilgore. Uh, and um, we, basically in practice, we used to work on reads like every single day. And it really helped me develop my game because when I got in that game, uh, I was able to quickly read the tackles, the guards, and uh, what the quarterback was trying to do with, uh, with the play. So that really helped me out. It got me in the position to make some very good plays. And,
2: yes. Yeah. So, moving on from there to, you know, like you said, giving some credit to your coaching staff or one of your coaches, when you look at Hightower High School in Missouri City, Texas, what have you learned from that high school? And, you know, are there any coaches specifically that you feel have have definitely helped you to improve and, and escalate your game at this point?
5: Oh, yeah. Like I said, uh, last year uh, I had a coach named Matthew Gregg. He, he yeah. was very – very good coach. Um, he, he fortunately, um, unfortunately, like is not here at High anymore. But um, uh, yeah, he was a very good uh, coach for me. And then my head coach, uh, Pedro McGuinness. He's a very good motivator. He's a very good coach. And yeah, there's a lot of good coaches at High
2: And you know, having that coaching change, I mean, for you, Christian, you're kind of getting to learn what college football is like before college football. And that you know, coaches come and go, and they change. How how do you feel moving into the next couple seasons, not having a coach there that's done so much for you? Just what you can say about you know, kind of navigating through the fact that a coach you feel has had a big impact on you is not going to be there.
5: Uh, you know, it 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 hurts little, but uh, you always have to keep moving forward and uh, stay disciplined. I, I will always listen to whatever coaches in. Uh, in command, um, I don't really have a, a huge problem with having to move coach to coach because um, I feel that any coach is uh, going to
1: know what they're talking about and uh, going to give me uh, their all. So
2: I'm, I'm happy to be with any coach. It's a blessing. Speaking here with Christian Hood, a linebacker at Hightower High School in Missouri City, Texas, with three offers. We spoke about Arizona and Iowa State. The third one that we haven't spoken about yet is Syracuse. What can you say uh, about, you know, your connection to Syracuse? When did the offer come about? And and then secondly, how much did you know about Syracuse when you got that offer?
5: Uh, I really didn't know much about Syracuse. I just knew that it was a good uh, academic school. But uh, the offer came about
1: um, during the springtime as well. Um, and yeah, it was a
5: big it was a big moment to get my second offer from Syracuse. Uh, I didn't actually know that they like played at Dome, so that was pretty cool to learn about. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know more about Syracuse and and getting to
2: know the, the coaches and everything up at Syracuse. And and how did when you got that offer, how did that come about? Do you have a coach at Syracuse that you've gotten to build a relationship with at this point yet or no?
5: Uh, not really like a strong relationship because I can't really uh, communicate uh, as well until like September 1st. But, uh, the coach that I uh, did get to, like, um, have a few conversations with was uh, Coach uh, Kirk from – he used to coach at uh, Manville. And, yeah.
2: And and what can you say about your interactions there? Like you said, you can't have many, but the one the ones that you got to have with Syracuse, just what you could say about Coach Kirk and what you took away from that.
5: Uh, I can just tell he's a great man. Uh, I, saw, I watched him as he was coaching a state championship game, and uh, it was a good opportunity to get to talk to him. And I feel like they have something very special in Syracuse.
2: What is it that makes you say that? What is it about Syracuse that makes you feel like there's something there?
5: Uh, just like the, the type of school. I watched like some games. The way they play, it's just uh, something, something about, about it's going to be really good in the next few years.
2: And, and when you said Coach Kirk, uh, Kirk Martin, quarterback's coach for the team, even though he's on the offensive side, I mean, uh, recruiting coaches have regions and whatnot, you you took you talked a little bit about his personality. What do you like about him? Does he separate himself from some of the other coaches that you've spoken to? Just kind of to go a little bit deeper, because Kirk is a, a new coach on this Syracuse team. So what ultimately did you take away from his personality and how he treated you?
5: Um I took away that he was definitely like a very humble man. Uh, um, he was he was very he was definitely like a, a man of Christ, and I really liked that in him. And yeah, he, he really made a good impression.
2: And and to to go a little bit further on that, you know, like you said, being a man of Christ and and how important that is. I mean, uh, the irony of of your name being Christian, and you know, be I'm sure you know being Christian when you when you mentioned that. You know wh- what role has God played in your life, and and what does God mean to you in your life?
5: Uh, God's played like a very strong role in my life. Um, recently, I've been starting to get uh, closer and closer to him, read my Bible a lot more, and uh, uh, I'm gonna start like a little uh, Christian group hopefully in this upcoming year with like my football team and probably some of the rest of the school. So,
2: and what do you want to do with that group? Go a little bit deeper in that uh, Christian group. What do you? What do you want to kind of do as this group and and heading up this group? Uh, With this group, I kind of want to, like, transform the lives of
5: of our uh, young people. Like, a lot of, I see, uh, like, walking down the street, walking uh, in my uh, society, I see a lot of people slipping and uh, failing to realize, like, what what God has to offer. So I want to kind of, like, enlighten the minds of a lot of people
2: and help them uh, get closer to, to God and the relationship that you had where did that start from where where do you you know kind of remember first having God in your life uh
5: probably I've, I've really had my life my whole life I've been going to church with my uh, family and uh yeah
2: and to keep that going I mean you're obviously a young man now christian what what makes you stay close and stay connected to God I mean in a world that, sometimes feels like they're not paying attention to God what keeps you paying attention
5: well uh I, I try to surround myself with with good uh, with good people I don't really uh, let myself get around people who um, might take me away I try to get them over to my side like I have some very good uh, uh religious friends and it they always motivate me to you know stay close to God and if I ever do slip like it, it's' it's good to have them to get me back in track,
2: back on track. And to look at that support system you have, you know, who would you consider to be the closest to you, be it a family member, friend, coach, teammate? Who are those that you feel like are the ones that are, you know, always helping you to stay on the the positive path and and take care of yourself?
5: I would start off like my mother and my father. Uh, They've always been good influences on me. And then um, there's a few other teammates. Uh, One – actually uh came here to Hightower from a different school just this past year uh he used to go to Hightower um when I was a freshman he's actually going to be going into his senior year and uh yeah he's very uh he's very religious his name is uh, Amadi Thomas he plays linebacker as well and uh, yeah he's very religious and he also uh helped me to you know get close to God
2: and as you move forward here, Christian, you know, looking at these, going back to you know everything that that you have in front of you in the couple seasons that you have in high school, staying close to God, staying on the path, doing the things that you feel are best. I mean everybody has a checklist of what they need to see from a school. So when you're focusing and zeroing in and praying on it, what are some of the things that you want to see a school give you that are that are the, kind of they have to be there, you know, they're, they're the ones that you can't negotiate on. What are some things on your checklist that you, that would make you say yes to a school? Uh,
5: like, just for example, a couple things that uh, would have to kind of be there would be, um, for one, uh, like a good, a great education, like I want to, to be able to um, get a good degree and everything while I'm, while I'm at a, a school, and another thing would be like a very uh, strong like Christian community there. Uh, yeah, those are two pretty important things.
2: And as far as visiting, when it comes to Iowa State, Arizona, and Syracuse, do you want to go out and see them? And if so, when would you hope to be able to do something like that?
5: Uh, probably this coming up fall. Uh, probably come and see like a football game or something like that. Um, maybe at towards the end of the summer, but that's not uh, certain as of
2: right now. And would you want to see all three of the schools, or do you just have one or two on the list that you want to see at this moment? Oh, yeah, I definitely want to see all three of them. Uh, there's not uh, one or two that I just really uh, want to see more than the other three. And, the two. and you put yourself in a great situation because you have a Midwest school, you have a West Coast, and you have an East Coast school. So as of right now with your three offers, you're touching every single region of the united states just what that means to you knowing that your recruitment still has plenty of time to go and you already have schools in the mid in the in the midwest the west and the east looking at you feeling that you've done enough up to this point to get offers
5: uh it means a lot it, it means that uh, now i have options uh, i have to keep working to you know maintain these uh, scholarships but it means
2: it means a lot it really does and keeping yourself humble you know, just, just what you could say about that in the process, you know, and, and even to impart some knowledge on other people going through recruiting. You know, you have these three offers. You have an opportunity in 2020 to play college football at the Division One level inside of the Power Five. But just speak on staying focused and staying humble and making sure that just because you have the offers doesn't mean that you, you know, are to disrespect the fact that they're there or lose the offer. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's always great to remain humble uh
5: like i was reading uh my bible the other day and uh book of james uh god says like god uh, believes that um he rewards those with humble uh hearts and so i, I never want to get to the point where i'm uh being like big-headed about the fact that i have offers uh i'm going to treat everyone the same i i don't even uh discuss offers to people like that, uh, I just wanted to continue to do what
2: what I did to get to this point, and uh, keep putting in the work, the work. That coming from Christian Hood, and Christian in in in, uh, in closing here, a mission statement for you. If I asked not just about football, not just about being a linebacker, but in general, if I said who is Christian Hood, what would you tell me?
5: Uh, Christian Hood is a person who's gonna uh, work hard uh, and not, not let anything be uh, handed to him. And that's something that really uh, defines me and something I try to live by.
2: That coming from Christian Hood, 2020 linebacker looking to come in and play outside or inside. Already has three offers from Arizona, Iowa State, and Syracuse as he moves forward here with a couple more years to showcase himself and what's going on in texas inside of hightower so i appreciate you being a part of the show today christian i know that you got a journey ahead of you and we'd love to have you back on the show to continue that journey with you good talk to you too this is a wake-up call fast break for one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse Basketball's Decades of Bayheim from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and the Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F-Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on CNYPOPFestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. 315- 487 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
3: 315- 702 4653. That's 315 702 4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events, giving you a reason to celebrate.
2: Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers as well as beyond for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency. Is Pen and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com and call them for more information at 315 422 8797. That's 315 422 8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Call DT.com, your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com. Backslash Wake up call DT. It is now time in the Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live broadcast every Tuesday for us to round out the show with the ingredients to success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing. If you don't know Utica Pizza Company, folks, you better get to know Utica Pizza Company. I don't know what you've been doing, I don't know what's been going on, but you can't make your schedule so busy to the point where you're not going out and getting the best food in central and upstate New York, and you will find. A menu of numerous amazing, wonderful, can't get them anywhere else. And if you get them somewhere else, even they don't taste nearly as good. They don't even hold a candle to it. Chicken riggies, Utica Greens, the wake-up call, number one pick, chicken reggie pizza. There's so many amazing things to get at Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing, is the product that is in your stores, it's in steward shops. It's in Beacon Skiff, it's at Spira's, it's at Nichols, it's at Price Chopper. All over the state of New York you can get the chick that you can get the riggy line of sauces, chicken riggy, piggy riggy, veggie riggy. Roasted garlic, so many different things that you can get. The madenade sauce, which is what we call marinara sauce, as well as the tomato pie that you can heat up in the oven 8 to 10 minutes. And it's just like they made it right there at Utica Pizza Company. Put the parmesan on top, the pecorino romano, all that. Just put that right there and brought it out to you. It literally, I don't know how they made something that they could freeze that when you put it in the oven and take it out in just a few minutes tastes like somebody just prepared it in the kitchen. And folks, you know, when I say something on my show, I put my money where my mouth is. So if I say it, I mean it. And Utica Pizza Company and the It's a Utica thing line of products is by far an amazing example of great Italian home cooking that can come to your household or when you're sitting at Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse, New York, you feel like you're sitting in your home because of the way that you're treated, because of the ownership that's there, and because of the food that is coming out and gracing your plate and then gracing your stomach. So big, big, big shout out to all of the wonderful things that Utica Pizza Company and It's a Utica Thing bring to the table. And one of those things is the ingredients to success, a signature segment that we do at the end of every Tuesday broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And the ingredients to success for today's broadcast, they have to do with something that Chris Pratt said. Chris Pratt, you know, I like Chris Pratt. You know, I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park and so Jurassic World and and everything that they have been doing with this new line of movies, I am ecstatic about. So to have that, and to have him be a part of it, you know, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Chris Pratt, I'm a big fan of him in that, in Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously now in Avengers, but he made a speech, and his speech had to do with ingredients to success. So I think it's only fair that we share it today since it was so heartwarming and moving to me.
0: lean down. I want to thank Bryce and Aubrey. I love you both so much. Uh, Thank you MTV for this honor. Uh, Real quick, thanks to my mom and my dad and my brother Cully, my sister Angie. I love you. I love our family. We didn't have a pot to piss in growing up, but we laughed our butts off every day and we still do. Uh, And a special mention to my son Jack, who will watch this one day. Kid, I love you. I love you more than anything in the world. And to the fans, I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you. Um, this being the Generation Award, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut to the chase and I'm gonna speak to you, the next generation. Okay? I accept the responsibility as your elder. So, listen up. This is what I call nine rules from Chris Pratt, Generation Award winner. Number one: breathe. If you don't, you'll suffocate. Number two, you have a soul, be careful with it. Number three, don't be a turd. If you're strong, be a protector, and if you're smart, be a humble influencer. Strength and intelligence can be weapons, and do not wield them against the weak. That makes you a bully. Be bigger than that. Number four, when giving a dog medicine, Put the medicine in a little piece of hamburger, they won't even know they're eating medicine. Number five, doesn't matter what it is, earn it. A good deed, reach out to someone in pain, be of service. It feels good and it's good for your soul. Number six, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. I do. Number seven, if you have to poop at a party, but you're embarrassed because you're going to stink up the bathroom, just do what I do. Lock the door. Sit down. Get all the pee out first, okay? And then once all the pee's done, poop flush. Boom. You minimize the amount of time that the poop is touching the air. Because if you poop first... It takes you longer to pee, and then you're peeing on top of it, stirring it up, the poop particles create a cloud, goes out, and then everyone in the party will know that you pooped. Just just trust me, it's science. Number eight, learn to pray. It's easy, and it's so good for your soul. And finally, number nine, nobody is perfect. People are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be, but... There is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. God bless you. Please get home safely.
2: So that coming from Chris Pratt. And yeah, he put some jokes in there to make sure, you know, I'm sure that people are listening, you know, he, he, (coughs) you know, people get said that they're preaching. If you know, it's, it's funny, the world we live in today, that if you try to help somebody by imparting knowledge and wisdom, and you're just trying to speak your mind in a respectful way, you're not talking at someone, you're talking with someone that whenever, you know, if you talk about God, someone says you're preaching. If you talk about faith, someone says you're preaching when in actuality, it's just a cop out. Because if you're talking about God and somebody's uncomfortable talking about God, then they're uncomfortable talking about God. It has nothing to do with preaching. It has to do with their level of comfort talking about God. And Chris Pratt, like I said, he made some jokes in this thing because I think personally, from my point of view, he wanted to make sure that people were paying attention to what he had to say. He was making it light and airy while deep. It was profound. It was smart. But listen to what he said. There is a God that God loves you. I believe that. He wants the best for you. You know, we talk about ingredients to success every day. We try to be perfect. We're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. We're not perfect. There's no perfect height. There's no perfect weight. There's no perfect body, anything. People think that there is because the world tells us you have, if you're a woman, you have to have a chest like this and legs like this and a body like this and a waist like this and hair like this. There is no perfection. Perfection. There is no perfection. If you're a man, you got to have muscles like this. You got to be this tall. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to be able to. There is no perfection. There is no perfect mind. There is no perfect soul. There is no perfect body. There is no perfect heart. You can just be yourself. Those are your ingredients to success. Just be who you are. Be yourself. I don't care if people don't like who you are. Be yourself. If you are, I've said this over and over and over again, and I will say it for the rest of my life and maybe even from beyond. Don't ever let somebody change you if you're being a good person. How do I know I'm being a good person, Dan? Do you hurt people on purpose? No. Do you go out and try to deliberately ruin someone's life? No. Are you an internet troll? No. Are you lying to people? No. Are you cheating people? No. Are you stealing from people? No. Are you hurting other people? Are you trying to make other people's lives miserable? No. Are you hurting yourself? No. Then you are being a good person. You know what a good person is. We may grow up around this and grow up around this. And yes, there is some truth to being a victim of your environment. But deep down inside of you, you know, you know, that killing another human being is not a good thing, that stealing from a human being is not a good thing, that cheating on a human being is not a good thing, that cheating on a test is not a good thing. There's a reason why the bad things are hidden. There's a reason why people have to hide. If it was good, then why hide it? If it was good, then why do it with the door shut? Why do it with the lights off? Why do it closed? Why do it when someone leaves their house? If stealing was okay, if breaking and entering was okay, why doing it when somebody's not there? Why tying somebody up in their own house when they are there. If it was okay to be abusive, then why do people pretend to be really nice in public and be hateful when they're in private with that person? If the things that were bad were good, then we could do them in the light. But bad things are not done in the light. They're not. They're not done in the light. Well, Dan, what about shooters that do things in broad daylight? That is not... That is not... It is a bad thing being done in a physical light, but get what I'm saying to you. Understand what I'm saying to you. These people are cowards. They ki- When they know they're going to get caught, normally they kill themselves. Because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with the inner demons. They don't want to deal with what they've opened themselves up to. You know the difference between a good person and a bad person. You know that inside of yourself. You know That it is not right to abuse and hurt yourself or another human being. You know that. And there are good people in this world. There are people that still believe in God. There are people that still believe in you. There are people that still believe in total and complete strangers. And if Chris Pratt has done anything with that speech at the MTV TV and Movie Awards, what he did in that moment was to tell all of you to not forget where we have come from. The fact that I can sit in my studio own my own company and talk on my own mic about the things that matter to me was given to me by my grandfathers, my great uncles that fought in World War II, that fought for the right for us to stay safe, that fought for us to have our freedoms, and the American Revolutionary War, it's everybody that fought in that war, and everybody that fought in the Civil War to say that it's not right to have slavery, and it's not right to treat people differently, and it's not right to divide our country, and to make people that are human suffer. Subhuman and subpar. There are people that have fought throughout history to make this what it is. There are people that have fought for you, for me, so that we can be free. They have done that for us. And I love that. I love that. I love that Chris Pratt said Something real, and it brought me to tears, and it still does. I never know. I never know for sure if something that I say on this show is getting through to you. The only time that I know that is when you tell me, Dan, it helped me become a better person. Dan, when you said this this day, I really needed it. Dan, you go beyond a show. You go beyond and what Johnny said on the live video. Go and watch it on Facebook.com/backslash Wake Up Call DT. And, and see what he said. I don't know. I just try. You know, And I, there was a radio station that I was on a few years back before I started my own company. And I was talking to somebody that's that's still uh, around the radio station, right, still working for the company. And she said to me, she said, Dan, one day this kid was on the show, and I think he was filling in for somebody or something. And she said, he started talking about God. God. And he started talking about faith. And I said, oh, my God, here we go. And he's going to get in trouble and this, that, and whatever. And she turned off his station. And, she, and I was like, and I told her, I said, I talk about God. She said, yeah, but you own your own company. And we know who you are. We know what you're about, Dan. She said, but, you know, corporate here, they frown upon stuff like that. They don't want people talking about politics and religion and, and this type of stuff. So whenever there was a little tiny moment, including in that moment inside of me saying, I'm back at the radio station I used to be on, do I miss it? Do I want to come back? The overwhelming, undeniable answer is no. Because if I'm going to be in a place that will tell me, Dan, we love you, but you can't talk about God. You can't talk about the one thing that means more to you than anything else. The one consistent in your life that has never changed. The one thing that has always been there for you. No matter what. You can't talk about that because it makes us uncomfortable. Or it doesn't trend well. Or it's not politically correct. I am so proud to own my own radio. I am so proud to have my own live stream. To have all the ways that we get out to you. From the pod being app to dt.podbean.com to wake Dt.com show archive to right here on mixlr.com up call dt and the subsequent archive on the same site that archives all the shows after they go live to player fm to tune in radio to itunes to google play to apple to all the way to youtube because on youtube all of our shows go there too and you can listen to the shows on youtube as well listen to them just like you listen to music so We are in so many different places where I can speak what I want to speak. And I was told a very long time ago on Twitter, Dan, from some random person in society, if you take God out of your profile, if you stop telling us you love God, if you just get rid of God, you would have more followers. You would blow up. You could be so much bigger than what you are today. And I said, I would rather be the tiniest person in the world and have God than be the biggest person ever on Twitter and have no God. Because without God, I am lost. Without God, I am already dead. Without God, I'm gone. So Chris Pratt said something. He knew you were listening. He knew you were watching. He knew the world cared. Pay attention to what he said. Pay attention to what he gave to you. And whether there's one person listening on my feed right now, 500, 1,000, whoever is listening right now. Understand. That a life without God is a life without happiness. A life without God is a life without anything. If there's something in your life that you love, if there's something in your life that you care about that is positive and is good, I don't want to have all these sub things. You know, you hey guys, go, just go out and be happy. Oh, well, unless you're a killer, unless you're this, unless you're that. You know right from wrong. You know right from wrong. And if you don't know right from wrong, search your heart. Speak to somebody. Sit down and talk about your problems. Talk about your issues. Your ingredients to success are what Chris Pratt said. Laugh at life. Laugh at what's going on in your life. Find some peace in this. Find some happiness in knowing that you can joke around. Believe that there is a God that loves you because there is believe that you have a soul because you do believe that you can change this world for the better because you can. Those are your ingredients to success. I don't care what you do for a job. I don't care if you're a janitor. My grandfather was I don't care if you're a business owner. My same grandfather was he owned multiple companies. Put his name on multiple companies. Made himself a ton of money. Made his family money. And one of his final jobs in this world was a janitor. He was the business owner and the janitor. And he was happy as a janitor. He was happy working in a high school because he could be around the kids. And he loved kids and he loved helping children. He loved helping the youth of our lives. And I'm guaranteeing you that there are people on this planet that my grandfather spoke to when he was a janitor whose lives he made better and today they still remember him it doesn't matter where you're at in your life or your timeline if you have the person that you are in love with or you don't if you lost the person that you're in love with if she went off with somebody else or he went off with somebody else or somebody passed away there are things we cannot control in this world cancer AIDS flu bunch of diseases and whatnot. There's certain things in this world that we cannot stop. There are certain things in this world that we cannot prevent. We have to accept that we can't stop everything. But we can start good things. You can always start something new. You can't stop everything, but you can always start something. So start today loving yourself. Start today loving your neighbor. Start today when you go and get your mail to wave to your neighbor who you never talked to, who you've judged and probably talked about behind their back. Wave to that person. Say, hi, how are you? Don't be ashamed to ask their name again because you forgot. I'd rather you know that that's Robert across the street than never give a damn about Robert across the street. Don't apologize for believing in God. Don't apologize for believing in yourself. Don't apologize for trying. And do not apologize for being the best that you can be. If you want it, go get it you know if it's good or bad. I'm not saying run and go get drugs. I'm not saying run and go buy a gun. I'm saying if you have a dream, you have an aspiration, you have a desire of something that you want to be and you want to become that is so good and true hearted and you're doing it the right way, then go and do it. And who cares what anybody else says? Why do we care what other people say? Why do we care what other people say? Don't care about what other people say unless they're the people that love you dearly. And you know who those people are. My mother's opinion of me as a man, that matters. But there are other people in my family that are my blood whose opinions of me don't matter to me anymore. They don't matter. They can look me in the eye and tell me I'm a terrible man and I'm a terrible person. And, and it always goes back to who is saying it. There are people in my family that can tell me they love me, they hate me, and everything in between, and none of it matters. Because they don't know me, they don't truly love me, and they will never get who I am because they don't want to. The people whose opinions matter are the ones that love you. The ones that show up every single day. I have friends all over the place. Dan, how many friends you got? Well, Facebook says I got over 2,300. But that's not true. Those are people that I network with. Okay? I got over 1,000 on LinkedIn. Those are people I network with. I got over 2,000 on Twitter. Those are people I network with. How many friends do I have? That number is so small. Eric talks to me pretty much every single day. Ross, every single day. My mom my wife, my little puppy, Lily, she gives me more love than people that have known me for 32 years. So there's this beauty of the people that surround us and the things that surround us, you know, our pets, whatever they may be, you know, our cat, our dog, our bird or whatever, guinea pig, doesn't matter. When something gives you love, take it give it back. Take it. Give it back. I don't care. If you love your guinea pig and that's your little sister, then that's your little guinea pig sister and good for you. If you love your dog like I do and that's your daughter and people get on your case, your own parent gets on your case about when are you going to have a child and is rude about it, is evil about it, and you believe that that little dog is your child, is your little girl, you are taking care of her, you would do anything for her, the world is hers because you will fight to make it so, then that's your daughter. If you have a kid who's special needs and you look at everybody else's kids and you're like, oh, well, they're normal or they're this or they're that, love your child. They are normal too. This is how God made them, and God doesn't make mistakes. I am more warm of heart and more brought to tears when I see somebody who has down syndrome, someone who is intellectually handicapped or maybe takes a little bit longer to learn. I love them so deeply because them being alive means that their parents didn't give up on them. Them being alive means that somebody said, this may be a tougher road than I thought it was going to be to be a parent, but I'm still going to be a parent and I'm still going to do this and I'm still going to fight for these kids. When I see them alive and well and fighting, I know that they believe in themselves and somebody else did too. And does. Don't ever be ashamed of anything. We live in a world where somebody dies and Twitter, half of Twitter is like, oh my God, rest in peace. And the other half of Twitter is like, yeah, he's dead. Woo, woo. And people are making gifs of it and they're making fun of it. It's like, when I found out someone died, I did this. It's not about making, that's not what life is about. Making a gif, making a, making a joke, making a meme about this. We have desensitized ourselves. We have detached ourselves from each other. When someone died, if I died today, someone somewhere in the world would make fun of it. I know that. I know that there's sick, twisted, disgusting people that I've met in my life that would be happy that I'm not here anymore. But you know what? I'm never going to change that. So I can't think about it. And I can't worry about it. And I can't fret about it. Because it's never going to change. Those sick, disgusting human beings have to live in their own skin every single day. And that is more of a punishment than I can ever give to them. Because if you're a hateful person, as happy as you may look making fun of somebody else, as as good as you may feel bullying somebody else, they are hollow, lonely, downtrodden, and disgusting. And they live in the dark. They can't stand the light. I live in the light. And it's hard to live in the light. It's hard for everybody to see you. It's hard for everybody to know what you're doing, how you're living, why you're living that way. But I'm not afraid to tell you that I love and believe in God. And if that took all my listeners away, I'm still (laughs) going to say it because I know it won't. Running away from God is running away from good. And if you're running away from good things, you need to look inside of you. If you're a person who, when people fall in love with you, you run. When somebody offers you a job, you run. When you get a promotion, you run. When you, (laughs) when your family wants to spend more time with you, you run. When your sister calls you, you run. When your brother wants to see you, you run. If that's who you are, you know something's broken inside of you. If you run away from a gift, You're nuts, but something in your life made you that way, and you have to love yourself enough to not be like that anymore, to not run away from a good opportunity, to run toward it, to run at it, to chase it down. If you run away from good things your whole life, you will only find the other stuff. And if you run toward good things your whole life, you will still find the other stuff. But believe in a God. Believe in something that loves the heck out of you. Not because it helps you sleep at night, but because it's true. It's real. It's tangible. I don't know who's right, Democrat or Republican. I don't know who's right, Muslim, Catholic, Christian, this, that, that, but you know, Baptist, this, that, and the other. All I know is that there is a God and that God wants us to be a community and that community needs to love each other. And that love needs to blossom. And that blossoming of love needs to last every generation until God comes down here and says, enough is enough. And I'm, I'm ready to take everybody home. I don't know a lot of things about this world that God knows. I just know that when you're good to other people and you believe that God loves you and you trust that God loves you and you're not afraid to tell people that God loves you. I'm a broadcaster. I'm supposed to be this broad, I love everything, but I don't love everything. (laughs) I don't. I don't like when people bully I don't like when people lie. I don't like when people cheat. I don't like when I see somebody in the sports world or out of the sports world succeed by stepping on the neck of somebody else. I don't like when someone tries to ruin somebody's reputation. I don't like when somebody tries to defame somebody. I don't like when somebody is trying to block someone from doing their job because they're terrified of what that'll mean. I don't like when somebody comes at you in any type of negative way, be it me or somebody else. There's a lot of things in this world that I don't like. I don't like when people want to give power to evil, when people want to believe in the devil and 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 not believe in God. I don't like that. So how am I going to be a broadcaster saying, "Well, you know, if you're if you're an atheist, that's awesome, and if you hate God, that's cool, and if you want to punch people in the face, that's fine. If you beat your wife, that's okay, and if you forcefully put yourself on a woman, that's our none of that's cool with me." It's also not cool with me that people don't think it's cool to talk about God anymore. It's not cool with me that we can't just be who we are and say what we want to say. It's not cool with me that being a straight man who's not African-American, that I could be looked at like I'm some slave owner that hates women. Because if you're not black and you're not a woman, then there's people that view you a certain way where I love everybody and I can't help the color that God made me or the gender that God made me any more than you can. So I think that I deserve opportunities and I've had opportunities stolen away from me and not because of the color of my skin, which by the way is not black, but it's also not white. I'm in between. So I I can't sit here and say I didn't get a job because I'm Hispanic. I didn't get a job because I'm Italian. I didn't get a job because I'm a man. I didn't get a job because of this. I can't sit here and say this, but I can tell you that people try to bar me from getting jobs for other reasons, reasons in their brain. I had people try to block me from getting credentialed. I had people try to block me from getting a job, block me from having listeners, block me from improving my show, block me from getting sponsors, block me from keeping sponsors, block me from having support. I have had blocked me from doing a festival. I've had people try to block me all over in, in every which way. And it had nothing to do with my color. It had nothing to do with my nationality. It had nothing to do with the sex that I am. But we all have seen or felt or known that somebody stood in our way. So what are the ingredients to success? People ask that question every day. Whether you know you do or you sublimi- subliminally do, you know... That you're always asking, what are the ingredients to success? What are the ingredients to do what I want to do, make enough money, have a great relationship, and live my life out, and be happy, and have my friends, and be whatever? What do I need to do to live a strong, exciting, healthy, happy life? We're always asking what the ingredients are. There's one ingredient that has stirred my pot forever. I believe that God loves me. I believe that God is here with me. And as a broadcaster, it really sucks to say this morning that I feel this big monkey on my back and on my shoulders. And I feel this, the longer I talk here this morning, the more I feel like I'm losing listeners. I'm offending people. I'm afraid to tell you that I love God. I allowed this world, to take who I am, and there was nothing wrong with it, and turn it into, oh my god, oh my god, are these people okay that I'm talking about this? Am I going to lose sponsors? Am I going to do this? I'm going to do that? This is who I am. This is who I am. If I'm a sponsor of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, if I partner with the show, and Dan's talking about God and loving people and doing right by people, and that offends me enough to pull my sponsorship, bye! see you later. Have a great day. Good luck with all the people that are misogynist, sadist, masochist, hateful, horrible people that you will be sponsoring now. Because the other side of me is ugly. If I'm the end of the spectrum that believes in God and you don't want this, well, good luck with the rest of it. Or good luck with the, good luck with the ambiguous the people that you have no idea what they believe in and what they care about which makes them even more terrifying because you don't know what they're capable of because you don't know where their allegiance is my allegiance is with the big man upstairs and it's always going to be with the big man upstairs because i don't know how not to be with the big man upstairs but to to start off as a professional broadcaster And I had my first show on ESPN Radio in Scranton, Pennsylvania in 2008. And I was like, God, 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 God. And to be now in 2018, 10 years later, and I'm afraid to spend a lot of time talking about God because of what that might do to me. That's what I got to work on today. That's what I have to get better at today is not caring what any of y'all think. About how I feel about God. Because for me. The day that I'm no longer on this earth. I want one of the first things that people say is. Without doubt we knew that he loved and cared about God. And that meant everything to him. So I got some work to do. And maybe you do too. Chris Pratt said it. Jurassic World star Lord. He said it. So maybe you listened. I said it. So maybe you listened. We focus on, Oh my God, what did Donald Trump say today? Oh my God. Can you believe that he said that today? But what about all of us that are trying to say positive things today? This isn't a soapbox. This isn't preaching. This isn't all the things that people want to mask it to be to lower it or diminish it or dilute the product. This is just a boy on a radio station telling you that I love God so much that I would die for him today if he asked me to. My ingredients to success in my life are to believe that they're is so much more than what we see and so much at work and what is happening and if God doesn't exist well then you got to give me you got to tell me why 32 years of overwhelming evidence stated is so and even if you did everything in your power to make me believe that he is not real I'm still going to believe because it's the only thing I've ever believed in that's always been true Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow for the World Cup Wednesday takeover, 9 to 10 a.m. to start off the first hour of the show with Zach Bowden, and we'll have plenty more coming up after that. We'll see you tonight at Chick-fil-A Cicero, seventy nine sixteen, Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York, at 5 p.m. We're doing the show an hour early. 5 We're usually there at 6. It's 5 p.m. tonight, 5 p.m., because two of the players have to go to an event at CNS, so we wanted to make sure that we did this all and got it all set and right and ready to go. So make sure you come out and hang out with us. I will be joined by Connor Hayes, Brandy Feeney, and Jeremiah Willis, who are all nominated for all CNY Awards, all being juniors at CNS. So come out and hang out with us. Once again, Connor Hayes, Brandy Feeney, and Jeremiah Willis. Can't wait to see you today, June 19th at 5 p.m. at Chick-fil-A Cicero. Come and get your favorite Chick-fil-A sandwiches, nuggets, grilled. The the salads are great. Get whatever you want. Order up your food and have it ready for 5 p.m. so you can hang out with us and see us do our show. We're gonna have a great time speaking with each of these athletes. I can't wait for the opportunity to have Connor Hayes, Brandy Feeney, and Jeremiah Willis joining me for this awesome, awesome collaboration of CNS Athletics at Chick-fil-A Cicero today, June nineteenth at five PM on seventy nine sixteen Brewerton Road in Cicero, New York. In the meantime, God bless you all, have a phenomenal day, and I hope that of Everything that came out of my mouth today, because I feel like I could talk for another hour about this. I just hope you took something positive. The ingredients to a successful life are, to me, it starts with God and it ends with God. And if it doesn't, I don't know how you succeed. Have a great day, folks. I'll talk with you soon.